That was great. Thank you, Austin and team uh, for that worship. That was amazing. Uh, I do want to welcome you again uh, to Easter at Riverstone. We appreciate you joining us. We're going to continue at this point uh, by taking up an offering. So we're going to uh, pray a prayer today from St. Augustine. This is our offering prayer. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I always may be holy. Amen. Uh, you'll see on the screen several ways uh, that you can give, and uh, we just encourage you. You've been so faithful and so good to continue giving during this um, unusual season that we're in, and I just encourage you to continue to do that. Um, if you haven't downloaded our app, uh, I would encourage you to do that. Um, it can help you to navigate through all sorts of things uh, that are Riverstone, uh, but it also makes it very easy to give. Uh, you can also text to give to the number that's on the screen, and you can, uh, if you want to write a check and send it in the, in the mail the old-fashioned way, you can mail it to our post office box, and that address should be on the screen as well. Uh, I want to read a couple of passages of Scripture this morning. Uh, one is from Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside, beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all of these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and others with them who told this to the apostles. But they didn't believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. And then from the Gospel of John, beginning at verse 1 in chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, 
and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, we pray uh, today as we celebrate your resurrection, as we celebrate Easter, uh, we pray that you would speak to us. We open our hearts to you. We pray that you would give us ears to hear your truth. I pray, uh, as Austin prayed earlier, that you would breathe on us today that we would encounter your life-giving spirit today as we read from your word, as we study from your word, as we hear from you. Change us, God. Make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody wants to know uh, that they matter. Uh, we ask questions a lot like, uh, who am I and why am I here? Uh, unfortunately, we live in a society that teaches us that identity comes from activity. Uh, from a young age, we learn that what we do defines us. Uh, if you ask a child, uh, what are you going to be when you grow up? Uh, more than likely, that child will tell you what they want to do when they grow up. Uh, as adults, uh, when we meet people, we usually ask them questions like, well, what do you do? Uh, if we want to know about their family, we might ask, well, what, what did your dad do? Uh, identity is important. Everyone wants and, and even needs to know uh, why me, why now, and why here. Uh, but too many of us uh, don't really know the answers to the questions uh, that are swirling in our minds about who, who am I and why am I here. And, and probably worse than that is the fact that so many don't like who they are or wish that they were someone else. Uh, the truth is knowing who you are is really important. In fact, it's one of the most important questions that we will ever answer. Who am I, why am I here, and do I matter? Some have put a lot of thought into this. Uh, some have put a lot of effort into this. You've, you've read books and you've taken tests. Uh, you've listened to podcasts, you, you've taken classes. You, you know your number. Uh, you'd say, I'm a, I'm a one with a nine wing. That's who I am. 
there are others of you who, who would say, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think that you could take a test and it would tell you who you are. And we, we know that you are eights, uh, but still, uh, there are questions that we want to know. Uh, and, and we're curious. We want, we want to know, you know, who am I? Why am I here? And what is it uh, that makes me tick? What should I do? Who should I be? Uh, here, here's the message uh, that we want you to understand and to grasp today on Easter. Your, your identity, your purpose, your meaning, your destiny doesn't come from the mind of the creation. It comes from the heart of the creator. You were made by God for God. There's a place within you, a place that's deep, deep inside of you that only God can touch. And that is the place where your identity is formed. That is the place where you find your identity because identity is not found in how you feel or what you believe about yourself, what you think about yourself. Your identity is found in the Father's heart. So you might be asking at this point, well, you know, Tom, what, what does that have to do with Easter? And, and I would say that it has everything to do with Easter. Uh, your identity is found in the fact that God thought you were redeemable. God thought that you were redeemable. He wanted you. He wanted you back. We were his. We got lost. And he pursued us, bought us at a price, and invited us home. Our identity is found in the fact that the creator of everything went to every extreme, paid the highest price the life of his one and only son so that you and I could be with him. Martin Luther once said, most Christians have enough religion to feel guilty for their sins, but not enough to enjoy life in the spirit. Uh, the two days that, that many of us love in, in church world are Easter and Christmas. And, and Christmas is about God in Christ coming into our world. That's when we read from the Gospel of John and it says the word uh, became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Christmas. Christmas is God coming to live among us on our world. Easter is about his invitation for us to enter his world. Easter is about his invitation for us to come into his world. At Christmas, he took on a body and lived like us. And at Easter, he breathes his spirit into us so that we can live like him. So, so what, is, what is this life like? What, what is this Easter life that we're invited into? Uh, what does it look like? If you look at the life of Jesus, you'll see several things. One, you'll, one thing you'll see is that uh, the life of Jesus was loving. The life of Jesus was loving. And it was the kind of love that is patient and that is kind and it does not envy and it does not boast and it is not proud and it does not dishonor others and it is not self-seeking and it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth. 
It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres, it never fails. Jesus loved like no one had ever loved before. Secondly, we notice that the life of Jesus was obedient. And he was obedient in life and in death. Uh, the cross is only sufficient as payment for our sin if it is the climax of a sinless life. That's why Hebrews 4.15 says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Philippians 2.8 says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus was obedient in life. He lived a sinless, perfect life. Jesus was obedient in death. He went to the cross willingly, knowing that the cross would be the most painful, most excruciating death imaginable. He walked into it and embraced it. Uh, Jurgen Moltmann uh, wrote a book called uh, God Crucified. And in that book, he makes this statement that we have, we have made the cross into a theological necessity. Uh, it's a theological necessity in our minds. But Moltmann says, uh, the problem with theological necessities is that they don't sweat blood in the night. The cross is real. It's not just a theological concept. The cross was real. Jesus went to the cross. He bled there. He hurt there. He died there. Jesus was obedient in life. He lived perfectly in this divine rhythm with the Father. He lived a sinless, perfect life on earth. Jesus was obedient in death. He went to the cross and he endured the shame and the agony of the cross right up until and beyond death. And the life of Jesus was forgiving. Uh, to the paralytic who was lowered through a roof in front of Jesus, he said, your sins are forgiven. To the woman who poured perfume on him in Luke chapter 7, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. From the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, the Romans worshipped Nemesis, and Nemesis was the goddess of revenge. And so you can only imagine their shock when Jesus says from the cross, forgive them. This was not a part of their culture. And the verb tense indicates that this was a verb of continual action. So the, uh, the belief is, and the likelihood is, that Jesus prayed this prayer not just once from the cross, but repeatedly, over and over and over again throughout the crucifixion. When the soldiers were beating him and flogging him, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. When the people were yelling and spitting, Father, forgive them. When the soldiers were nailing his hands and his feet to the cross, Father, forgive them. When they dropped the cross 
into the ground with such a thud that every muscle and every nerve in his body cried out in pain. Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. When the people gathered around the cross and they mocked him and yelled things like, come down, you saved others, save yourself. Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. As followers of Jesus, our first response should be forgiveness. Too often, our first response is anger or offense or cries for justice. Unforgiveness is a killer. It destroys lives, it destroys marriages, it destroys families, it destroys churches, it even destroys nations. The life of Jesus was a life of forgiveness. And we are never more like Jesus than when we forgive. And then fourth, his life was supernatural. Wherever Jesus went, everywhere that Jesus went, people were healed, people were raised from the dead, miracles happened because he fully loved, absolutely obeyed, and completely trusted the Father. Actually, for us to live less than a supernatural life is to miss the point of Easter. Jurgen Moltmann, again, in, in a different book called The Source of Life, says, true Easter faith is the work of the Spirit, for believing in Christ's resurrection doesn't mean affirming a historical fact and saying, oh, really? It means being seized by the life-giving Spirit and experiencing the powers of the world to come in our own living and dying. There is no Pentecost without Easter, that is obvious. But there is also no Easter without Pentecost. The point of the empty tomb is not that we go on living the same as before, but in the back of our minds, we have this belief that someday, way out there, when we die, we'll go to heaven. That's not the point of Easter. Easter is about victory. Easter is about really living. Easter really is about living for the first time. Living in a new way, living in his way. This is your identity. If you put your trust in him, the life of Jesus is your identity. Loving, forgiving, obeying, and believing that the life that he lived is right here, right before us, there for the asking. We were made by God for God. We got lost. He bought us back at the highest price so that we could live, really live. And the scripture says to as many as received him, he gave the right to be called children of God. Choose him today. Uh, there are people on this, uh, watching this service live on, on, on your Facebook, on your, on your computers, who, 
you're watching for a lot of different reasons. Some of you are watching because uh, you're Riverstone people and you've watched every week uh, during this, this crisis. Um, some of you are watching because you, it's Easter and, you, and you're just looking for a service and maybe you've watched others today and maybe you'll watch others later. Uh, some of you are watching honestly because uh, your friends with me on Facebook, maybe, maybe you went to high school with me. Uh, maybe I've known you my whole life. Uh, maybe you're family members. Uh, maybe you're watching because somebody else from Riverstone shared this uh, from their page and, and you just are checking it out just to see. Whatever your reason watching today, this is, this is my plea for you today. Choose him. Choose him today. I chose Jesus November the 6th, 1977. I, I grew up in church. Uh, I, I knew about God. Uh, I knew the gospel. Uh, I had I'd heard the gospel preached. I knew that Jesus was the son of God. I never doubted that. But I didn't know him. I didn't have a relationship with him. And on, on November the 6th, 1977, uh, my pastor asked me two questions that changed, literally changed the direction of my life. First question he asked was, do you believe at any point in your life you were a Christian? And I said, no. And then he simply said, would you like to be? And I said, yes, I believe I would. And that night he prayed with me and I gave my life to Jesus and, and everything changed, everything. And so my plea to you here on this Easter Sunday in 2020, choose him. He chose you. He chose you when he went to the cross. He chose you when he prayed through the garden drops of blood and said yes to the father and embraced the cross and hung there until he died. He chose you. He sealed it when he came out of the grave after three days. He chose you. Choose him today. Now let's pray. Jesus, we, we love you. Uh, we love the fact that your love for us is so perfect and so complete and so full. It's so endless. It, it's mind-blowing how deep your love for us is. I pray that people everywhere in the sound of my voice today will simply say yes to what you have already done. That people all over the internet waves who are hearing my voice would say yes to you, would choose Jesus today. And that their lives would never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In a few minutes, we're going to go uh, into a, a time of ministry. And during that time of ministry, we will uh, receive Holy Communion. Before we do that, I want to mention a couple of things. Um, if you need prayer today, uh, you'll see a number on the screen that you can text prayer requests to. Uh, also, there are people that are interacting uh, on the, in the chat room 
You can send messages to them, uh, and they will pray for you. Uh, if you have prayer requests that you send uh, either place, through the chat room or through the text uh, group, we will get those prayer requests uh, to prayer teams, and they will contact you and pray for you uh, if you so desire. So I encourage you uh, to take advantage of that. If you have a desire to say yes to Jesus today, if you want to choose him today, uh, please send us a text message on that, uh, to that number and just simply say, I chose Jesus today. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, in a few minutes, as I said, we're going to receive Holy Communion. And before we do that, uh, we want you to join us as we declare our faith together through the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Awesome. So we're going to receive Holy Communion now. Jesus uh, gathered his disciples together on their last night together, and, and he, he told them, uh, he, he lifted up, a uh, loaf of bread and, and he broke it and he said this is my body broken for you uh, take and eat for the forgiveness of your sins and then he took a cup and he passed it among them he said this is my blood the blood of the new covenant shed for you Jesus, we thank you that you bled and died for us, uh, that you went all the way, all the way to the cross, all the way to the tomb, all the way out of the tomb, that you left the tomb empty so our lives could be full. We choose you, Jesus. We choose you. We say yes. We say yes to the one who said yes for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you again for joining us here on Easter Sunday. Um, we look forward uh, in the weeks to come to gathering again. Uh, as we've said before, we'll do that as soon uh, as we're told it's safe to do so. In the meantime, uh, join us here on our Facebook live stream. We're here on Tuesdays at noon. Wednesdays at 7, and Sundays at 10. See you soon. Love you all. God bless.